Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Emory 7 podcast. Uh, we'll get some speakers on as and when we can. Um, no one available at this moment in time, so you just start with me, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we spoke, didn't we, on uh, on Friday night about a very, very disappointing draw away at Forest Green. Um, that draw's looking pretty good now, isn't it, I suppose? Um, let's, um, let's be honest and call this, call this for what it is. It is a time in the period of, of Gillingham Football Club, which is not rosy whatsoever some would say it's a crisis you think i'd find it hard to disagree um a few days ago marked the year uh, anniversary of the gallantons taken over a, a day in which everyone rejoiced it everyone was very happy about for obvious reasons and to go back to real time a, a year from now and we're in a position where just prior to january not as desperate in terms of our league survival as we were last year but we're certainly in a position where we didn't feel we'd be uh, come the end of last season and, and indeed the first couple of months of this season where we're at a bit of a lull with the season, I, I would say. Um, there's no clear structure anywhere in the club at this moment in time apart from obviously Brad and Shannon. Uh, we're going to talk about the people behind the scenes, of course, because they do a part to play in this conversation. Um, yeah, it's tough to, to really find anything positive to say about the current situation we don't want to be coming on here and and being all negative and, and down the dumps about jewels just like you won't want to listen to us being negative and down the jumps about jewels but in a situation such as this it's difficult to be anything but that um in terms of reasons reasons for optimism at this moment in time the journey window is all i can really think of but again is that gonna prove to be as sufficient as it was last year i'm not entirely sure given ffp rules whatever else but we're in a situation where, much like last season, for a different uh, reason, we're looking at January to, to try and save our season. And I, I remember thinking a few months ago, although quite far in advance, that if we didn't get any injuries, we'd be potentially looking at a team that doesn't really need many tweaks. just needs maybe one or two players to come in, fine-tune it, see what we can do. But we seem to now be in a, in a position where we need the window again to, to save our season because it is simply just wasting away let's be honest it, it really is um we currently sit 14th um under Stephen clements and again we, we can say we're not massively far away from the playoff places but we're just in a bunch of uh tied up in a bunch of say with loads of other teams who will be thinking the same thing um you know this time last year we were all worried for our football league survival and thanks to brad and Shannon, that didn't happen and we're internally grateful for that but we're now Again, in a situation with a season that promised so much, um, had a lot of optimism. Uh, we all talked about Como the other day, about um, where we are, where we want to be, and how excited we were for the season to 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 come ahead and see what we can we can achieve. But it has sort of, as I said, come come into a bit of a lull. We don't really know where we are. We don't really know what we're aiming for and we don't really know if there's anything that can be achieved from this season at this moment in time it's looking more and more likely game by game that there will be anything to achieve from this season and all that optimism from the start of the season the first two months or so of the campaign has, has very much diminished and we're sitting, we're sitting here constantly just talking and questioning what's gone wrong how could it be improved can it be improved and if so what's the best way to do that and you know there's a lot of things we need to talk about in this in this discussion because no matter whether what your opinions were on on the previous manager whatever your opinions are on on this current manager that the fact is that 
it, what we're seeing right now at Jules is, is simply not good enough. And uh, we look towards these four games uh, in around the Christmas period, two of them now gone. And we knew that it was going to be vitally important to to see where what what effect it would have. It could either make the season or it could you know put it where it looks to be going now, which is nowhere. Um, you know, games on paper, Forest Green, Crawley today, Sutton on Friday, and then Colchester where you thought you know if we get up um, not not necessarily maximum points, but a good amount, ten or so, then we could be looking at a, looking at a position where we're right back in a playoff hunt and things were looking a lot more rosy. But on the same, on the other hand, of the coin, if you like, if it was to go the opposite direction, we went to pick up many points. We can now only get you know a, a maximum of um, of seven from this period. Then it could be looking very bleak, and the fact is that looks like the reality of it. Um, we faced a Sutton side at the bottom of the league on Friday which represents on paper a good opportunity. But I look at it now and I think, is it an opportunity we're going to take? I'm not overly convinced it is because you know, I've not seen anything to suggest it will be. Uh, they're coming off a good result tonight. Um, I believe they won at uh, AFC Wimbledon, so will be full of confidence. And it's it's another game where, as I say, on paper, we should be winning. We should be winning comfortably, but I don't see that being the case. Um, you know, I'm actually in a position now where I'm looking at Gillingham playing the bottom of the league, starting at home, and I'm thinking the best possible result might even be a nil-nil at this moment in time. Just given given where we are, um, but yeah, that's that's a short monologue of of my feelings right now. Um, bringing Eddie in just a second, but um, yeah, tail of the tape for today was Jill's home to Crawley, of course, managed by Scott Lizzie. Lindsay. A lot of talk about him being the new Gillingham manager in January. Didn't materialise, and he brought his team down here, got a two 0 victory, and uh, of course, one of the goals would come from an ex Jill's man, Will Wright, very good free kick. Added two in the second half. There's a lot of duels pressure. Not many clear-cut chances created other than one bar from Ashley Addison, where, you know, your guess is as good as mine as to how he managed to do what he did. But regardless, it was another game where the lowest scorers in the league failed to score. Um, doesn't sound like much of a shock headline, does it? But that is that is the reality of the situation. We, we don't score goals. We're conceding goals at a lot, a much higher rate than we were. And that's not, that's not a good... Um, you know, basis for for a team who are trying to get into the playoff position. So we have to talk about that, and we have to talk about how we how we might go forward. Um, Elliot, we'll bring you in now. Um, sorry to keep you waiting after that uh, quite long monologue. Um, uh, I assume you watched the game on either on iFollow or you're at the grounds today. Um, what, what did you make of firstly the performance and, well, I suppose the atmosphere both for full time and during the game as we slipped to yet another really really poor result at home. Yeah, firstly, uh, I might not be able to talk for the the whole uh, period of time here because I'm at a family gathering. But I just I came away from the, the the ground like most of us really feeling pretty depressed today. Um, firstly, like you look back twelve months and you think, yeah, our league status was on the line. So you know, bleaker times there. But today it was just a real toxic atmosphere, which we'll get to, I'm sure, uh, at the end. And and to be honest, some of the players are not. And they're not pulling their weight. Um, I think you could. There's many things that we could put it down to, um, and I'm sort of at a loss to explain it. I know a lot of people were firstly saying put two up front, put three. If we had five up front, I don't think we'd score. We're just a team in general that um, you know we played nice football today in 
periods of play and we probably arguably would say we're the better side maybe in general play but when you get into that final third yet again we're a, we're a team that just makes terrible decisions um i just think back to nadison like not picking out nadison like uh, just just that chance that specific moment he's through one on one just just have a shot just have a shot someone have a shot i think george lapsley at one point was uh within shooting distance but he's given it to masterson there are players at the moment that um are i wouldn't blame for today masterson i thought you know was outstanding if i'm honest and and so was um coleman and ogi and amar that they, they they're sort of blameless in this in today's performance but yeah, again, we're 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 having a lot of the play. I think sixty-five percent possession, um, and the keeper, in fairness, has made two good saves. But Crawley side have have, have got a brilliant free kick from Will Will Wright for the first goal, uh, which was um, which we'll go on to, I guess, and then the second goal of the flexion. But apart from that, they they're just a team that have come and and have outfought us in in a few areas. Um, they're not a great team, no disrespect to them. And I look at other teams in the league. Um, Newport, for example, four goals. They've scored four goals today against Forest Green, and I didn't watch the Forest Green match, but um, like I, I listened to you guys, and and it was just sort of like we every team seems to be scoring, and we've had this problem or for three years, I think now it's been really depressing being a Jules fan when um, we just seem to be the lowest scorers in the football league and and this is with brad and and shannon they've done a lot of good things off the field um we talk about the decision uh to has uh, definitely derailed derailed us of, of harris but you know i just don't i think a lot of it should be should be on the players at the moment because these players on paper again football's not paid on paper but the, they should be doing an awful lot better under three managers. We we just don't seem to to be putting in consistent levels of performances. Last time I was on, we were talking about Charlton, and that was a fantastic performance. Southampton, fantastic performance. But in the league, we have not consistently done anything anywhere near those kind of levels, and and it's it's just tough at the moment. And we go into Sutton, where yeah, I'd probably expect us to to win, but. I don't know, really. Uh, it's Sutton, it's, it's no disrespect, but we've Brad and Shannon have put a, a fair bit of money in, into this team now, and you think momentum in football, the way that last season finished, going into this season, four one nil wins in a row, then the Southampton game, it's just gone really badly wrong since then, and um, I'm really, to be honest, I'm I'm at a loss what to say um, with where it's gone wrong. Yeah, I look at different things in the situation we're in compared to sort of teams around us who are having the same sort of decisions at the same time. I think the most prevalent one is probably MK Dons. Um, they sacked Graham Alexander, who obviously went on to another team I'll reference in a second in Bradford. Uh, got Mike Williamson in. I think when we beat them at Priestfield not long after, I think it was Midden's first game, wasn't it? I can't remember exactly where they were, but I know they were quite far down the table. They're now up in sixth whilst we're languishing in 14th so that sort of shows the difference of you know a team taking a new manager in their stride and getting performances out of it Bradford lost to Morgan today I understand but again they're, good, they're a team who's been in good form since uh, Alexander came in obviously won at Priestfield a few weeks ago and we 
you know, I don't know how to say it, but we, we've deteriorated and we've gone in the opposite direction. And it's not something that can be argued because the table's there, table never lies, as they say. And, and the, the the story of the uh, the story the table's telling in terms of jewels isn't isn't a pretty story. It's not one you want to read. Um, not doesn't make for good bedtime reading. Um, but Eddie, on, on, let's talk about today's game first because we referenced and so did you there the Forest Green game that. We came on here on Friday really disappointed, really angry, to be honest, that we went to a team who are dead sets to be relegated, lost again today, although I suppose it's like a caveat, they were two and up, had a red card and then conceded four, but still, their team is, is surely going to go down in my book, and we created next to nothing all game, and you know, the manager came out and said it was a good point against a team that I think 23 other teams in this league probably beat, and um, that's something I found really frustrating, really irritating, and I didn't like to hear it, but in that game, we didn't create anything all game. This game, I do think we were the better team overall, probably. You know, some probably won't agree with that, and that's fine. But I think in general, we probably were the better team. Claudia had two shots on target all game, scored both of them, efficient. Um, we can only dream of that. But we it did create some half chances. Um, Arsenal obviously had a goal that was ruled out. We've talked about an Addison chance. There was a quick one-two where Malone had a shot from an angle, which is parried. Williams looked like he's going to tuck the rebound in. Defender obviously got across, made the block, and then Williams uh, had a chance himself, whereas going into the bottom corner, keeper got across, and obviously then Addison, Addison misses the big one because I think Crawley go and score their second three or four minutes after that. And, you know, if, if Addison takes that takes that chance, maybe the game turns out differently. Maybe we take momentum and we get the win, but we'll never know because football, you, got, you don't win football games based on retrospect. And, um, yeah, I suppose it's, it's a similar story, isn't it, Elliot? We may have played better today, but... Like you say, we, we just can't put, put the ball in the net. And I'm not expecting you to give me an answer because I don't think anyone really knows. But if you were to sort of summarise an idea, why, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because we don't have enough creativity in the team? Or do you think it's because we create chances, but we can't, we don't have that one reliable person to put them away or anyone who's comfortable to put them away? Or is it even um, a, a, an issue in the psyche of the players where they'll be aware of the league's bottom scorers, they'll be aware that they're a team that don't come from behind? And when you do go from behind and you are the lowest scorers, I, I imagine there's something within them that thinks, oh, we've been here before and we've not got not got back into the game. And that might dwell on them a bit and they might not have any confidence to go and do that. But at the same time, I think your professional footballers, you know, to be honest, get a grip and figure out a way to do it because it's not impossible. Teams do it all the time. I know Stephen Clement said... Um, Quite often, it's difficult to come back from a goal behind, which seemed like a very defeatist attitude from me. Another comment I wasn't particularly happy with, but it does happen. It happens against us. It happens in other games in the league too. It just happens in, on the right side for seemingly every other team but us. And I don't know why the mentality is, is so negative. I know it's been an issue we've had for a while, but it's something that we can do. But <laughs> we never seem to do it. Um yeah, it's it's hard to put a nail on the head to this sort of scenario, isn't it, Eddie? Because there's, there's only the players, I suppose, will know. But it is something that, that can't continue. It shouldn't continue. But the likelihood is, because we've been in this situation for so long, it probably is going to continue. Because we saw last season, we did it once, I believe. Or, or we were home to Wimbledon, went 1-0 down, won the game 2-1. Didn't see the situation where we went behind and got back into the game again since. And we haven't this season either. And it's just... I question the mentality of the players. I really do. People can, you know, talk about Clemens, which Wheeler can talk about Harris. They can talk about Millen, whoever else. Um, Alex McDonald, he had a stint, didn't he, last year? Maybe the year before, I can't remember. But 
as professional footballers in, in this sort of scenario, you have to be able to adjust to certain scenarios. No one's expecting uh, you to go come from behind every single week and win the game because if you were able to do that, you wouldn't be in League Two. But the, the fact is you shouldn't be a team that struggles so badly to score goals, create chances and come from behind. It's just not it's not acceptable. I probably believe that. And I think if it is a mentality issue, then something needs to be done, whether it's something as simple as just getting all the players in a group together, just spending an hour or two going around certain scenarios and games where they've gone behind and certain examples that they can learn from. They might be doing that already. I don't know. But just something that gets installed into the head that they are professional footballers, they are capable of doing it. And there's, there's no excuse really to never be able to do it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what a question is to lean on there from Elliot, but you can take over because I'm sort of at a loss of words on this topic. Well, um, yeah, I think Clements would have some. I would blame Clements. Like, I think Clements, when he first came in, I think he would have been a good appointment. I still think he could be a good appointment. I don't want to just write him off totally. Definitely, for me, doesn't go yet. I've seen some suggestions, but that's been way too soon uh, for Clements. I think, you know, we'll see what he's about at the towards the end of this season after January next season. Um, but even having said that, I still think his interview after the Forest Green in particular, the Forest Green match, uh, was pretty disappointing. He doesn't look like someone... That would um, inspire me if I was in that dressing room, like if that's what he's telling the players. But uh, that sort of tone of voice, you know, is not inspiring. But I still think it would come good. I think most of it is in in the players at the moment. And to be honest, I think it's most definitely a mentality issue. I mean, we've had teams in the past that go three or four games without a goal or whatever, but then something falls for them. Uh, This team has been going on all season, first part of last season and arguably the season before, we're a club that doesn't score that many goals. I mean, I think it was 36, I don't know how many goals we scored last season. It wasn't that many, uh, but it was six in the first half. But this is a problem as a club. And when you go through that length of time without scoring many goals, he must be questioning, is something going to happen? And then when you do get the chances, because we did go through spells earlier in the season where, you know, Macaulay Bond um, had sitters in games and you think, wow, he hasn't scored that. But but now we're not, the strikers aren't actually getting those as many chances. I mean, the creativity-wise, today, I'll talk about Nadison, yeah, that, that chance, but the keeper does make a couple of good saves and then it just doesn't fall for us. And then you think in your head, surely as you, if you're on that pitch, you're thinking, is it going to fall for us at all? So it's most definitely a men- mental thing, I think. Um, but for me, I mean, I know like, I don't want to pick out certain players. Scott Malone was on the podcast uh, after the Charlton game, had a fantastic start. Um, to the season with us and I just feel like he's totally gone off the boil he's, he's lost form and, and we need to see I think Max Clark come in in that position but it's like certain things like that Che Alexander I just I think he's, his form has, has fallen off since missing that penalty or going away in the international break um, just I don't know George Lapsy I'm still waiting for George Lapsy to do something Johnny Williams putting himself about, but I would have kept him on today. And I just, 
I don't know, you're like, oh, I'm really am at a loss as to why for like the third season running, we're, we're the lowest scorers in our league. Um, and yeah, like I say, I look at every other team in this league, even Sutton, um, they've probably scored quite a few more goals than us. And it's just you thinking why, because these players, when you recruit them in the summer, you're looking at Macaulay Bond was a 2.2 million pound player once or whatever. Um, Johnny Williams, George Lapsley, you think these players should be performing, they should be creating chances. Even um, Nichols and Addison, you know, Nichols and, and Hawkins after their, their time in the second part of last season. Um, it is quite depressing, but I just do think it's a mentality issue. I think I think it must be because, you know, Leeds, we've had, a lot of people listening obviously will know, pre-Gallinson era, we've had a lot of shit teams and a lot of shit players in those shit teams. But they've still been able to score goals. They've still been able to grind out results at certain times, despite not being particularly good teams. I look at the team um, we had, but we survived in the final day at Northampton and that was a car crash of a team. But I'd probably be more, I'd probably look at us with that team today from 2 North down and be more comfortable thinking we'd get a result with that team than I do with this team. And last year was terrible, as we all know, from the goal scoring front. But, I think this season's even worse just due to the amount of quality we've got in this team compared to the last one. Like, obviously, there's no excuse last year for the amount of goals he scored, no matter how bad the players were. And we did have a lot of them. You know, the Scott Cash gets Mika Man, John Lewis. Uh, he said that guy. I would never say that. Um, Jordan Green, <clears throat> etc. A team that was just incredibly poor. And the goal record reflected that. They, they shouldn't get a pass for that, obviously, because it's a terrible record. But you sort of look at that compared to now and you think, well... There's no excuse for this team to be hitting similar figures to that one because this one is just 10 times better on paper. They don't perform like it, but on paper, it's a much, much better team than the one that was so bad last year. And again, I don't have any explanation as to, as to why it is that we are this way. I think you're right in, in mentioning teams like Sutton. I'm sure Forest Green as well would have scored more goals. Than, well, they have scored more goals from us. So, so is everyone. Actually, we're the lowest goal scorers in the league. It like, doesn't mean I don't have to go for every club because they're all above us. Um, and I think when when the decision was made to sack Harris, it was, it was due to a different direction, as Brad put it, and the idea to have fast-flowing, attacking, creative football, goal-scoring. And the fact, the fact is we've not had any of that. We've scored probably the same or maybe even less. I'm not sure. Uh, because you know you've got to discount the the uh, time period between Harris and Clements when Midden had a few games because um, I don't think that's a real reflection because we're talking about two different managers now, not a head coach or not a caretaker. I should say which Midden was, and we, I think we've just regressed in every area. I don't, I don't think we're scoring a particularly good amount of goals. We're still not conceding, uh, not scoring many at all. We're conceding a lot more, and we're losing more games, and we're not winning very often, and. I think that the issues run very deep. Um, I think, as, as everyone will know, and I don't want to keep you know poking the bear or going at the bush because I know people don't like that. But I said at the time that sacking Neil Harris was a mistake. Um, I've still obviously maintained that now. I know people will probably think, you know, it's not good about Neil Harris. It's not going to change, and I completely understand that. I know me saying it was a bad decision doesn't mean he's going to you know, decide to resign at Cambridge and walk back through the door tomorrow. That's obviously not going to happen. But I think the point is more that when you make a mistake like the one that we did, I think the best thing to do is 
sort of just accept it and you know maybe do a fans forum and say maybe we're we are we were a bit a bit rash maybe we did make the wrong decision and maybe the timing wasn't right and maybe the replacement wasn't right and i'm not saying i want clemens out right now obviously because i still think it'd be a bit harsh to say that but on the evidence i'm seeing it's a it's a bad decision and the replacement's not been up to standard and you know i don't want to offend anyone by saying that or irritate anyone it's just how i feel and you know, we, we can look at how Neil's doing at Cambridge. I don't, for a start, I don't think it's any coincidence that he walked straight into a League One job. Many predicted that would happen straight after, and as it has, he's had a really, really good start with Cambridge. And you know, you're not surprised, really. I'm, I'm certainly not. But I think the decision just looks worse and worse every game. There'll be people who, who disagree with that, or they might disagree in the sense that it was right to Zach Harris, but we got the wrong man in. There's lots of different variables to it, but. I just look at where we are now. I look at how we've regressed. And I think even if we did have a half-decent January, I think it might not be enough because we're getting further and further adrift. There's a lot of teams around us fighting for probably one or two slot, uh, spots in the uh, in the playoffs now because I think the top four are going to be well adrift within a month or two. And we, yeah, that's just the, the problem, isn't it? And you know, did we make the wrong decision? Second nil, obviously, I think yes. People will think differently. That's absolutely fine. But I also think the decision... You know, we're never going to know, and I, I wouldn't poke the bear to get the answer of that because I, 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 rightly some things are kept in house for obvious reasons. But do I think that Harris's sacking was completely down to uh, Brad and Shannon? No, I don't. I think there's probably other variables to it. You know, there's a lot of talk about whether Dave Millimore, uh, Dave Livermore's um, uh, thing at Crawley, funnily enough, was part of the reason, and we don't know that for a fact, but. It could well be, but that brings me on to the subject of people making decisions and the era um, area of Andes and Tyler and, and Kenny Jacket. So we look back into um, into the summer where they made decisions to get certain players in and they did this and that. We know how long we spent ch- chasing Alfie May, which turned out to be a complete waste of time, although the intentions were sure were good. And if we had got him, we'd probably be in a different position talking on a much more, light, uh, much more upbeat manner. But I think they're not without blame, Anderson Tyler and Kenny Jackett. I think there's been a lot of mistakes made. Um, personally, I would probably cut ties, to be honest with you. Um, I think Kenny Jackett's reign from you know things you hear, not always true, of course, should say that. Um, but I've not, I've not seen much from, from Kenny in terms of what he does to suggest that he's been a worthwhile addition to the football club, if I'm being completely honest. Um Andy Eston Tyler, um, you know, I, I think probably the same bracket, to be completely honest with you. Um, I don't think it's it's a role that he's done particularly well in. Um, look, regardless of how Andy Eston Tyler done, it won't diminish his his reputation with, with Gillingham fans still very much a legend in my eyes and everyone else's. And, you know, if, if he was let go and it didn't work out, I don't think anyone would, would obviously think differently of him as a, as a Gillingham icon. That won't change. But I, I, I just think, Again, with, with Andy, it's another one who was close to the, the, the club. Obviously, you can't get much closer in terms of a player than I just entitled to the club. But I think it needs a revamp, which is quite pretty damning considering how new it was that they were put in. I think it's been a project that, for me, hasn't worked out. Um, and again, I think starting afresh in that sense wouldn't be the worst thing um, if it means starting again from the summer because of the you know time room right now. I wouldn't think we'd get rid of them too just before a window because that's their area of expertise if you like but Elliot, what, what are your views on on 
Kenny and and Andy and how they've done since they've been here? And would you also be open to a change in that area? Um, the point you made uh, you made about Harris, um, I wasn't massively Harris in, I wasn't Harris out, but you know the timing of it for me was. Uh, clearly derailed our season. I, I, you will never know, but I don't think Harris would have got this squad up either. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it clearly has derailed our season to, to to quite, well, it's quite obvious, you know, we, we've been going downhill in terms of performances. Um, we've probably stayed the same, not scoring goals, but um, we've had the odd performance with Charlton, but things haven't improved under Clements yet. I still think it's way too soon to, ju- uh, to fully judge him. Uh, I get you know that things haven't changed yet, but these are his players. Uh, these are not his players yet. So we'll see in January how that pans out. In terms of Kenny Jacket, um, yeah, if he again rumours, but if he was part of that decision um, to to sack Harris, then um, I think you know that 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 is a big um, how to say it. Well, that that wasn't the right decision, and basically. The one thing about recruitment, I'd say, is that most of us um, were like loving the recruitment in the summer in terms of Scott Malone, great signing, um, Johnny Williams, uh, I can't even remember who else we signed, Macaulay Bond. You know, we were quite happy, Masterson. We were quite happy with the re- the recruitment side of things, apart from, for me, and I keep banging on about this, is we just have no pace. And I don't understand how, you know, Neil Harris, Kenny Jacket, Andy Hesentyler, for you know that whole summer did not realize apart from Ashley Nadison that we need pace out wide and we've brought in in fairness Mahoney has has got quality um we've seen that that he's got a championship pedigree and he has got quality in certain certain areas he's one of the few players that would actually shoot from outside the box for one but um, he's just too slow, for example. We need two quick wingers, and I just cannot see how, how Jacket and Hesentyler have missed, missed the boat on that because basically every other side that I've seen play or play against us, Colchester for a start, um, had wide, quick, wide players. And um, yeah, I think we do need a revamp in terms of uh, recruitment because we keep going down the same same um, old faces. Hesentyler is a le- legend as he is. You know, um, I do think we need something new there. Um, we've got a fresh, fresh new owner, and he's done some great things for the club off the field, in particularly. Um, I feel so much prouder to be a Jules fan under Gallinson than under the previous regime. But and he has saved us from non-league. Uh, but I do think there's certain areas that we we need to see fresh faces on now, and that includes Jacket and Hess. And um, you know, with the players. Uh, obviously we're sticking with Clements I still think that Clements could be good but we'll, we'll proof will be in the pudding um, towards the end of this season and definitely next season when he's got his own players I still think it's way too soon to write Clements off but um, there's two ways that some of these players can go they can have a bit of cojones have a bit of fight about them and come out against Sutton in the next few games and, and, and play brilliantly because they got booed off uh, it was quite toxic at the end they got there's players coming over to us, uh, to the Rainham end. I wasn't one of the booing. I, I, I wasn't booing myself, but there was boos towards those players that wanted the claps. And obviously, we're not going to clap that. Um, but it was very toxic at the end. So we need players that are going to have cojones out there that are going to come back and fight. Um, 
I'm not sure I see that in this squad yet. The mentality is is in the is in the is in the pits. Basically, we need leaders in that squad. I'm not sure we've got that. So January is important for, in that sense. And will Jacket and Hess find those leaders? I'm not sure. But um, or we'll get we'll have to get new players in, and I think that would be the option. But um, I personally am close to writing this season off. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm disappointed with where we are. 14th, I think now. Um, we're, I'm amazed we're only four points off the playoffs, by the way. But, um, yeah, I do think we, we in, in answer to your question, we do need a, a fresh face in the, the recruitment side of things. Yeah, that's what I was looking at the table earlier. I think the damning stat currently is that um, whenever we all went to Tranmere, probably, what, a month and a half ago now, we all thought they need to get three points there. They're facing mitigation and now only five points behind us. Um so that's uh, life comes at you fast. Um, Eddie, you mentioned there when I was talking about uh, Jacket and Scully, you said the need for a wide player in the summer, which was something that you knew, I knew, everyone really knew that we needed, as well as a, a goal scorer. We obviously can't say we didn't go for a goal scorer because everyone knows it's well publicised. We tried to sign Alfie May for probably the best part of about five years, all told, and we didn't get it done, unfortunately. Went to Charlton, is what it is. But I think when you know we need a wide, quick winger, for the majority of the summer. I know it's not a simple pickup, obviously, to get the right kind of calibre. You can't just sign anyone. But that was a big a big loss for me, to be honest, because we knew probably from January onwards, really, that we needed a, a proper striker and a, and a winger for the upcoming season. Tom Nichols obviously started really well in the, from January to the end of the season, but we, we knew he wouldn't be a consistent goal scorer and that we needed that position field to have you know any big chance of, of going up this season. There was a lot of debate at the start of the season. Do we need one or not? Whilst we were winning games 1-0, um, I think the answer is we do because we just don't have anyone remotely dependable to put the ball in the back of the net. So for you, how much of it is a failure that we had two really key targets for the summer and that both of them really, I think, we failed on? Huge. I mean, in particular, the, the pacey wide play. I just can't understand how we didn't install any sort of pace into that team and you know I understand that it's a Neil Harris team so they play a lot slower but that's why players like Mahoney have come in but I expect with Clements I expect him to to want fast attacking pressing football like he I think he described it kind of like Jurgen Klopp he loves the Jurgen Klopp style I'd love to see that and we've sort of recruited a team for Harris you know Hawkins as well um not to say that Hawkins doesn't have a part in, in Clements going forward, but I just feel like it's not Clements' team yet. So I would, wouldn't would blame him too much yet. Um, and I think more of it needs to be on the players. Uh, but I forgot what's the question. Um, sorry, I forgot what was the question. What was the question, though? It was just about, <clears throat> excuse me, so about how much of a, an error it was from from the, the people in charge behind the scenes to, to miss out on key targets that we knew we needed for such a prolonged time. But I think you, you essentially answered it there anyway. But just as, as you were said there, with it not being Clements' team, do you not feel as a head coach coming into this job, knowing what the team was, it's also his job to see the players he has there and also improve them to make them better and to get us in a better position than we were, which was already quite a good position. I'll be eighth in the table doesn't sound good, but when you look at how many points we were from um, from the top three to, I think we were three points off top, maybe two from the top three, and we were 11 on goal difference with the playoffs, if I remember correctly. We're now much, much, much further away than that. Do you not feel that it, 
even though it is, isn't Clements's players per se, is also not he's also not blameless because he came in knowing what the squad was. And as a head coach, somebody who's worked with some of the best players in the world, well, not some of the best, some, some good players, you know, Jack Grealish, et cetera, as he likes to say. Do you not feel it's also his job to improve the players that he's got there, knowing that no, he knew what he was coming into in terms of the squad and that it is his job to improve them. And at this moment in time, he's not doing a very good one because we've regressed with the same group of players under him. Can't argue with that. And in particular, the Jack Grealish I was really excited when I read about Jack Grealish um, saying that he'd improved. He was the one uh, assistant that improved him. And I, um, he's definitely failed in that sense. We, we have regressed in certain uh, with certain players. I, I just feel um, definitely like Che Alexander, those, those type of players. Scott Malone's not playing at all at the moment. And it's, it is disappointing. And I do... Like I said, the li- I listened to the Forest Green interview and he didn't inspire me. But I do think we need to see more of the players because these these group of players have played under three different managers, Millen and Harris, and we're just seeing the same old... Like you, They can play all pretty... For, we, we played... I wouldn't say we played badly today. We, we played tidy in areas, um, in, in certain areas. But unfortunately, we did not play well enough in the final third yet again and we keep making the same mistakes and uh, I, I still say it's a, a mentality issue and Clements has got a job on his hand to improve that and uh, improve the squad because I, I think we've, we've definitely got to get two or three new players in uh, back to the summer. Yeah, we, we we definitely put all our eggs in, in one basket with the Alfie May thing um, and but we ended up with Macaulay Bond and and us, you know, he's he, like I say, he's two point two million. He costs uh, I think QPR once. Um, he's a player that can score goals. He went for a spell where he missed a few sitters, but I feel like he can be that player that 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 puts the ball away in 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 the back of the net eventually. But we we need to to have players that are going to create stuff for him. Um, I, I don't really know where he we goes with Bond because I was very surprised that he didn't actually come on today. But yeah, I don't know. We've I, I still think it's way too early with with Steve Clements to to question his position. Uh, but he yeah you know he he isn't blameless is he you know he hasn't improved us really so far. No, with Bond, I think he's he's someone that uh, we spoke about this on Friday. I feel quite sorry for him to be honest because he's always played. As a lone striker, you know, on Friday night he was playing as a lone striker against a you know, big block of centre halves and didn't have much support. When Hawkins comes on today, Bond's not the one he gave me that opportunity to be paired with Ollie Hawkins yet, or really anyone, really. Most of his Jules career so far has been playing up front of his own. It's not often you've seen him play alongside another striker. So we've only really seen one side of his game, and I think he's done relatively well as a lone striker. Obviously, we all know he's missed chances in certain games we've <clears throat> we've played well up before and Obviously, there's something he needs to improve on, but I do think he's been a little bit let down by you know, the, the team that's been picked around him and the necessity to one up front, which I think is what we were doing for Madrid. So I think Nichols was playing more behind Addison than with him. But uh, again, I think that's an, an error again made by the, the people up top because, and by that I mean, Heston Tyler and Jacket in charge, like, because. You know, with Hawkins been out for as long as he was, obviously maybe they didn't know how bad it would be at the time, but you'd like to think we would have got someone in with a similar profile beforehand or at least opted to, to go with two. We were playing two at the start of the season and it was working relatively well. We were only winning games 1-0, but we were winning games. 
and you know, I think it's, it's just another example. I don't want people to think this is me bashing Shannon and Brad. It's not. It's actually more the fact that I think they've been really let down by those around them more so than anything they've done. And I think that's that's a that's a big shame considering um <clears throat> considering all the joy we had in the summer in Como, all the expectations and whatnot. And you know, it seems to be going in a direction we we don't want it to be going in. To be honest, um, but but yeah, really, there is. Obviously, a conversation to be had about the players, and you know, with January coming up, and certain aspects of the team that haven't been clicking relatively well, and, and Stephen Clemens' is, is involvement in that, I think something that is probably the most concerning thing for me so far. I agree with you in, in what you're saying about his interviews. I can't really make it through any of his interviews for too long because I'm just honestly quite bored. Um, yeah, one thing with Harris is there was always a reason for me to be optimistic listening to Harris's press conference. Sometimes he'd say things I don't agree with and I've called it out on here before. But he, the way he spoke, you could see how much he cared and you could see an interest in it made me excited for a game or gave me optimism after a defeat that we might be able to turn things around. But with Clemens, I just don't feel that that connection with him and the fan base. I don't, you know, I don't notice him in games. I don't feel as though is the manager of the football club as, as as weird as that says or head coach because I just don't feel like there's there's that connection there and I think that's probably the same from the manager to the team at this moment in time because there's one thing you look for when you get a new manager and that's to be a new style of play to be implemented it's not going to happen overnight of course it is but he's in I think by the end of the period of Christmas so after the Colchester game I think it would be 10, 10 maybe 11 games and I think I'm, I'm yet to see a consistent style of play. We saw glimpses against Cholton, the second half against Salford, but for a prolonged period, I don't think I'm I'm yet to see any sort of style of play that that resembles uh, what Stephen Clemens, I suppose, would call the Stephen Clemens football team. I'm not seeing us play more fluid attacking on the floor football. I'm I'm not seeing us play over the hoof ball all the time. Although we have done it more so in recent games than most. I'm just not. I don't know what Clemens' style of football is. I don't know what his ideas are. And I'm not seeing it implemented on the pitch. And the players obviously have to take some some blame for that as well because they're the ones at the end of the day who are told to go out there and play a certain way. And if they're not doing it, then that puts a lot of the blame on them as well. But can you can you see any hints of a style from Clemens yet, or are you still watching games trying to trying to figure out what exactly our plan is when we, when we walk out onto the pitch at three o'clock? To be honest, I'm seeing us have a bit more possession and playing sort of tidy football. But like you say, that doesn't really get yeah, the result. That's, that's it, Eddie, isn't it? We're having more possession, but it's where we're having the possession. If we're just passing it around our back four, getting up 65 possession in the game, but doing nothing with it in the final third, and it's just it's just wasteful possession, isn't it? It's just a, an example of possession stats meaning nothing. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that, that's sort of how I see it. And I know I've seen people say, you know, we're having a lot more possession in games, but if you're not doing anything with it, that possession means, well, it just means nothing, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, that that's what I was going to say. Like, we're having more possession, but it leads to the odd goal that we can see the first one against, uh, I forget, the last home game, Bradford, for example. But yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm struggling to see Clements implement a particular style yet. Um, it's just the same old... Uh, 
results and lack of goals. Uh, but sometimes we have a bit more possession and we see this throughout, um, I think, last season or was it the season before with MK Dons. They would like literally have 70% of the possession, pass it across the back line, pass it back to the keeper, um, but they'd lose the game. Um, I think that was under Evans. We, we had quite a lot of the time we had inferior amounts of possession, sometimes scarily inferior possession, uh, amounts of possession, like 27% or something like that, but would win games, you know. Sometimes uh, I like to see, you know, fans like to see that direct approach, just get it out there and see what happens. And um, I think I think there's periods of the second half where, you know, I think fans are getting very frustrated, particularly uh, there's a passage of play with Jaden Clark, who must have had like 100% pass completion back to Jake Turner. And, but but for me, it wasn't necessarily all on Jaden Clark. That that was actually there's not enough movement going on up the field. So and and yeah, back to the point. I just really don't see uh, what style we've implemented yet under under Clements. Um, seven is it seven games in? Um, you know, you, they say that you, Harris wanted to be judged after ten and twelve games. Well, we're we're getting close to that. But I just feel like very frustrated as most of you guys are probably tonight and I just feel like let down by players rather than rather than Clements we've we've Clements sometimes can't win because we we've there's this clamor for two up top you know let's go three up front front at home against Crawley and stuff like that because we've been going at one up top for ages Bon on his own and I felt sorry for him but today we've done something different I thought you know, the first sort of 20 minutes or so, nothing happened. But it's kind of, that that's going to be the case when you, you're sort of feel, feeling your way into a different formation. I don't think the players are fully uh, suited to the 3-5-2 the just yet or whatever we play today. I think it's 3-5-2, yeah. And, um, but, you know, that that will hopefully, that, that might be a thing that we, go, we do going forward. But the same old thing happens that if you get, play nice stuff and around the middle of the park and and towards like play play across the, the defending and uh, defenders and Turner and then get it up to the top end and then nothing happens where we're going to lose games of football today Crawley they didn't really do a lot to be honest with you but they they scored a fantastic free kick from Will Wright um for a mistake of for a mistake of our own and then a deflection but they they've walked away with three points whereas we've sort of got into the box quite a few times in that second half, made the keeper made a couple of saves for a change. Uh, but yet again, the, the, the net doesn't ripple. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a problem that, as I said at the start of the show, I, don't, I haven't seen anything that suggests to me it's going to change. We could well turn up on Friday and, and beat Sutton 4-0, but we could equally create a lot of chances, not take any of them and lose 1-0. That's just the, the, the way it is. Although, saying that, I can't see you scoring four goals anytime soon, maybe not even one. Um, I think something, <clears throat> something a lot of people want to see at it because it has been a while. We mentioned this on Friday as well, as you, as you know, if you listen to it, that I think there is a clamour for, for answers, I suppose, from, from the fan base, from, from those higher up to, to sort of know how we're in the position we're in currently, considering the aspirations we have for the season, how we started it. And those aspirations seem very far away now, obviously. But I think we all really want a fans forum. I certainly do. I want to have a clear idea of where we are, what's going on and how we aim to turn the season around because, you know, it's not impossible that we we somehow miraculously turn it around in the space of a few months because it has happened with other teams you know, Barnsley, Bristol Rovers were in much worse positions than we are managed to, to get promoted and, you know, you can say they're um, 
obviously very rare circumstances because they are, but it is proof that it, it can happen. And I just think we need we need that message from from the owners, from the people in behind the scenes, the manager. And I'm, I'm not talking, you know, like a a short video that goes up on Twitter. Like although they are very enjoyable, of course. I mean, like a proper one to one fan discussion in the great hall that we had uh, at the start of the season. There was another one not massively long ago. I can't remember, but just a night where everyone can sort of ask questions that need to be asked and get the proper answers. Cause then it will put an end to, you know, all these, all these different, you know, I've heard this, I've heard that. Is this true? Is that true? And we can all sort of go in a positive direction, knowing where we are, knowing what the issues are and how we, how we, how we go ahead and trying to, trying to fix them. And if, you know, it isn't to be this season that we get some success because it isn't looking like it, even with a positive window, it might be too much of an ask that, at least we have a clear idea of, of what's going on and how we can try and improve on our current situation. So I think a fans form edit is something that, that really would be beneficial at this point. I mean, it's not out, it's not out of the question that I think Brad and, and Shannon, um, when they took over or since they've taken over, they've done remarkably well at making us more as a club, more uh, communicating, talking to the fans, letting everyone know what's going on. I think that wouldn't be out of the question, you know. Uh, you don't want to leave that sort of massive decision of, of the sacking of Harris as, as a sort of pure speculation. Um, Brad's come up saying, you know, it's a different direction, but at the moment we need to know a bit more about what that comment meant, uh, maybe. Um, but they've, they, you know, it's not, it's not on then. I, I agree with you earlier when you said that it's, it's about the people around them. Want to know what what Kenny and Hesse? What are their plans going forward? I guess that's a that's a good idea. And and you're right. I I know I'm probably reactionary by saying that I don't see us like turning it around or doing anything. I've sort of not written the seat. I'm very close to writing the season off. But at the same time, football is a weird sort of sport. And um, you know, like you say, Bristol Rovers. I think they were like. Outside the or just outside the relegation zone, um, was it last or a couple of seasons ago? Um, things can happen. I think that's one of the things. While I was a little bit sort of down about the Neil Harris uh, sacking, was the fact that his teams notoriously do well in the second half of of seasons, and um, I'm hoping that Clements might have that effect on the on the team. You never know with football. Um, we are actually only four points remarkably off the playoffs. I don't know how, um, but there are other teams struggling. You look at Crew there, I think they've lost again today. Notts County were struggling before today. Um, but something needs to change um, with the mentality of that squad and, and, yeah, fans forum. Maybe the fans have lost a little bit of patience. Um, but Brad and Shannon, as I said, they've been brilliant since they've come in of constantly communicating we've improved so much off the field um maybe it's time we we bring them back on board um to to do a fans forum but it's, it's obviously out of our hands uh guys i gotta go all right thanks for joining us uh luckily good timing actually because uh, in comes jack we've got a substitution right off the bat um jack i know you ain't got a lot of time we're gonna end uh with just a discussion with you um obviously you spoke to us on on friday so i don't want to be too much just covering overall ground because it is a sort of similar conversation as the one we had on Friday. But um, we all look for a response today after what was a really poor result at Forest Green and we've gone from one calamity to an even worse one. Just sort of sum up your emotions after after today, given everything we spoke about on Friday as well. 
I think for me, mate, it's um, it's just it's very frustrating if absolutely nothing else, really. We're, they're a very frustrating team. Um, I don't know if you've read out the comments because I, I have commented on there, but I've said that I've never known a disconnect this large with the players and terraces for I've put ever. I've maybe been a bit reactionary. I can't think of a team off the top of my head that have, have arguably been as good as they are on paper and that have not sort of connected with the fans. We've, I think you guys have touched on it, but we've had a lot worse teams in the past, some really poor ones. And you've always felt that there was effort. You always felt that, that even the attacking ability of those teams was better than this one. And the only thing I can kind of circle back round to really is just the fact that they just don't seem to care enough. I mean, they are, they're hopelessly short of confidence, I'm sure. But, that first half was 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 very poor. Credit to them. They come out in the second half and had a go um, for the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. And then it obviously petered out when, when we conceded. But we're the sort of team that starts <clears throat> every single game, whether it's home or away, and just doesn't seem to turn up in, in the first half at all. And, and I've put on the comments, you know, we're 14th. We've got 19 goals and a minus 11 goal difference. That, that truly is embarrassing really and, and they should they should be ashamed of themselves they, they should look at look in the mirror and think they're not doing good enough for the football club and and we've talked about how good brad and shannon are i i completely agree and i think they're being they're being let down on the pitch we for years we've been let down off the pitch um and we're being let down on the pitch by a group of players who are probably on decent contracts um probably on lengthy deals and I just, I just don't see enough in them that they care. It, it took the Rainham end really, really going for it in the second half to get them to play a forward pass. And, you know, there's an element I always feel that you do need your your crowd to get to get your players up and, and vice versa. But it is a two-way street and they just they just don't give us enough to in, a, in an attacking sense to, to really to really get us up as, as fans and I don't know, mate. We're probably going over old ground from Friday. I just, I feel for Clements. I've said in the comments, I do feel he is a bit of a wet blanket, and I said it the other day, and he doesn't come across as someone who inspires. But equally, he is being, he's being let down by a group of players who I just don't think care enough. And when it comes to January, we've got a number of, you know, like I said, a number of players on large lengthy contracts. How easy would it be to get them out, even if we wanted to? And if we did want to, you know, even if it was six or seven lads that went out and then six or seven came in, is the character of that dressing room still too deep-rooted in this lack of confidence and lack of caring that the season just doesn't turn around? At the moment, I think we end up finishing mid-table, um, which is an extremely poor indictment of that squad. That they Harris got sacked because of how it was perceived how poorly we were doing. And we're doing even worse. So it ultimately, although I thought at the time it was the right decision, it's proven to be a pointless one. But I don't think Pep or or Klopp could get these players playing at the moment. I, I just I just don't know what the answer is, mate. I think I think one of the worst things for me is like you said just at the start there, it's taking the Rainer men to, to reduce the noise to actually get the players to sort of wake up a bit. And I think the Issue I have, and I think a lot of fans are having at this moment in time, is you're almost going to a game at Prudsfield or, or away with 
almost a default defeat is that as you aren't you? Because you know this isn't a team who are going to score goals, and you know that it's a team that if they go one nil down, it's probably game over. So you're going there, you know, in the, in the start of the season, maybe even years gone by on some certain teams, you go there thinking, yeah, we'll win this game today, we'll play well today, can see us getting maybe two or three goals. Now you're thinking, God, I hope we can, I hope we can scrape one nil somehow. And that's not a good attitude to have. But when you're playing the way you are and the team's doing as poorly as they are, it's a mentality that it, it means it's up, it's up to the players to prove you wrong and to give you optimism to go into the next game thinking, well, what result that was? We definitely are capable. We can do it. And I fancy just to win this game rather than go into every game that we are the minute thinking, well, I hope we can scrape a 1-0 because if we don't do that, then I think it's not going to be a positive result. Yeah, I've, I've been going to to watch this club since 94, 95, mate. And this is, in terms of, the, like I said, the disconnect between the players and the terraces and that complete lack of confidence when it comes to going a goal down or scoring more than one goal in a game, it seems. I've, I've never known a team, other than probably last season's, which has players in this squad as well, which is probably no shock, you know, I, honestly, there's been some really poor teams we've put together over the years with the best of intentions, but just with with poor budgets that um, and, and with, you know, not particularly great managers in some cases. But I've always felt they put a shift in. I've always felt they got the rain of end up. I always felt when we played away that we had a chance of winning the game. And I just don't get that from these players in in what is arguably a half decent squad for League One, to be honest. You know, the. the we said the other day, pace is needed and a striker who can be really clinical is needed. But I, I really, I'll circle back to what I said the other day. I feel like they're getting away with it too much and as players and the blame's being passed on to lots of other people too easily. Um, I just I just don't think, as I've said, mate, I just don't think they, they care quite enough. I, I, I didn't see enough of players, you know, chasing balls down today. Um, apart from probably Williams, Coleman's effortless. He's brilliant, in my opinion, and he, and he doesn't need to necessarily run. He makes the game look easy. Williams, to me, was the only one who really, really put a shift in. Masterson and Ogie played well at points, but I thought Williams was the only one who really put a shift in. And there's just not enough of them that are putting a, a shift in. I, I honestly feel that if they played the way they did, I said this the other day, but if they played the way they did against Charlton and the way they did against Southampton in any game in this league, and that, that counts for Friday, it counts for today, we'd be doing a lot better. And I think it proved it from 45 minutes to about 60 because I felt like they did play that way for 15 minutes. And, and we really had quite a few, quite a few chances. How we didn't score, I'll never know. But again, it's that, it's that confidence element, isn't it? It's, it's a combination of, they partly don't look like they give a shit and the other half of them is just lacks complete confidence. So we, so we either get a team that, that, that won't try or can't score. Uh, and, and we never seem to get anything else. It seems unfortunately, and the defensive solidity has ultimately gone as well. So as I said, with all those factors combined, it does make you scratch your head as to why, why we got rid of Harris and, I think, Jack, has it, has, it, has it surprised you just how much, you know, when you look at the team that we signed in January, or not, not the team, but the players we signed in January, if you look at them one by one, how many of them do you reckon you can say have improved this season? Because I think they've all, all of them have regressed, except for Coleman. And we can give Hawkins a pass, obviously, due to obvious reasons. But I think other than them two, I look at the players, Dieng, I suppose, as well, had a, had a spread out, didn't he? But 
I don't look at many of those players we signed in January and think they've improved as a sub. I think they've actually just progressed. Yeah, I'd probably say so, mate. I, th- I think there's, like you say, Coleman's probably the only one that's got better. The rest have either probably stayed the same or or got worse. Um, and the lads we've brought in have flattered to deceive, really. I mean, I, I think I read earlier that Johnny Williams, the amount of goals and assists he got last season for Swindon was fantastic. And you just think, how is that How is that not possible? Ten um, goals, ten assists. Yeah, I thought it was that. I didn't want to say that just in case it was wrong. But I, I think he tries hard, mate. But it's just sanctimonious of how we're playing at the moment that a guy that had those sort of stats just just can't seem to to do it for us at the moment. I, I, don't, I really don't know what the answer is, to be honest. We've, we've gone through three managers with varying styles, lots of different tactics, lots of different formations, possession-based football, long ball football. I think, as Reece said the other day, it ultimately comes down to an intensity and that te- intensity is driven from a work rate and a desire to play for the club <clears throat> and for the badge and to ultimately want to better yourself and 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 aim for promotion. And I, I think given our our windfall with Brad and Shannon, you know, spending money on the club, which is which is amazing. It's something we've not had for years. I suppose the, the possible downside of this is that we've now got lads on on reasonable contracts on on a reasonable amount of years who are happy sitting on that and not bettering themselves and and not busting a gut to get themselves promoted. I, I, I don't sense that these players walk off that pitch today and are, are genuinely gutted that they've lost. It, it just doesn't come across to me. I, I could be doing them a massive, massive disservice, but just the body language, what they do during games, I just don't see it. And, and I, I suppose what, what doesn't help is under Harris, <clears throat> there was always that connection with the fans and the feeling that he did at least rouse players. You, you never felt the football was amazing to watch, which is possibly a byproduct of the players, as I said the other day, rather than actually Harris. But under Clements, you, I, I don't remember him. I don't remember really remember seeing him sort of bark anything earlier, try and rouse the players. Again, I could be doing him a disservice and someone else might have seen different, but we've got a set of players that don't seem to care enough. And we, we seem to have a manager that's a bit of a wet blanket and someone who comes across as a coach rather than a, a sort of a ruthless manager. I, again, as I say, Matt, I could be doing him a disservice. He's very early doors, but it's all very depressing, to be honest. I think we can say one for, one thing for him, especially after today. He, he, no one can say he didn't give players a chance because he changed a lot of players today than the ones who played on Friday. Obviously, you expect that with the, the congested period, but he did give people an opportunity who haven't played a lot recently, a, a chance to, you know, prove their worth and prove I should be in a team. You know, Nadison obviously is one of those who hasn't played in quite a while and obviously we know what happened with, with the chance he had. Uh, Macaulay Bond didn't get on at all. Tom Nichols was given a start. Uh, Conor Mahoney was dropped. And, you know, there, there, there is course to say that he was giving people opportunities, but obviously it didn't turn out much better. And, and with, with the thought of opportunities in mind, Jack, let's just finish off by sort of very quickly previewing um, the game against Sutton, and I'll quickly run through the comments because we've had a, a fair few. Um, it, it's hard one to really look forward to, isn't it? Both hypothetically and in reality, because you look at it on paper and say it's a game against bottom of the league at home should be a banker. 
But then I probably would have said that about certainly the Forest Green game. Crawley are a better side than Forest Green, but I still would have expected us to win. And we haven't won either of them. Uh, Sutton have gone to AFC Wimbledon today and got a 1-0 win, which doesn't feel me with much optimism. But I still look at that as a game that we should be picking up three points in. And again, anything but is unacceptable. But do I feel a lot of confidence that we can go into that game and, and get a victory? Not particularly. Um you know, they'll be on a high, obviously, after winning against the Avers of Wimbledon away is a great result for them. And obviously, they're going to do everything they can to try and get themselves out of what is seemingly an impossible situation sitting at the bottom of the table. But every win gives you confidence that you might be able to do that. So they'll come here with no fear. They'll see our recent results, see our goal scoring record and think, you know, there's a chance here. Just recently sat their manager as well. So it's a different, not different team, but a team under different leadership, obviously. Whoever's come in now, I don't actually know. Um, so yeah, I think it will be a tougher game than it looks to be on paper. But again, it's up to us to break down what I assume would be a team who are going to sit back and try and counter-attack and wait for a moment. It's up to us to to break down that defensive line, which is the thing that concerns me because, as we've said, I've not seen a lot in recent weeks to, or even this season to to suggest that we're going to be able to, going to be capable of doing that. No. Uh, it's one of, it, well, it's one of those games where we should be winning. I, I thought that of probably today and certainly Friday. I, I thought we'd get seven points at least from these four games, including Colchester. So that's not possible. So hopefully it's now six. Let's not be all too doom and gloom. Um, but I said that Friday and we sit here with a 2 0 defeat. I, I think for me, mate, I just want to, again, said this Friday, I want to see an intensity from the off of the players. Try, you know, looking like they they they're trying really. That that the first half they didn't today. They did in the second half, from forty five minutes to sixty. If they can start the game like that against Sutton, I don't see any reason why we don't win the game. Our, our issue is that we start too sluggishly, and ultimately we end up conceding the first goal, and then we have absolutely zero confidence to get back into it because we know a that we barely get into games or back into games, shall I say, and we barely score two goals. So the, essentially the players just give up, it seems. So I, I'd like to see us start on the front foot with an intensity in that first half, not the second half, in the first half against them, score the first goal. And I'm confident if we do that, like we've done for most of this season, that we'll see the game out. But we're not doing that enough at the moment. You know, we're, we're going 1-0 down and ultimately we're not getting back into it. So... That's what needs to happen, mate. But in, yes, you know, if 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 I was putting an accumulator on, um, I would be putting us in it. Absolutely, we we should be winning the game. They're near the bottom of the table for a reason. There is no excuse for for not winning the game in 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 my opinion, especially after the last few. You know, if we'd have won at Forest Green and won today, you could take a draw. On um, I don't know, what, I've lost all track of what days are, mate. <laughs> the twenty ninth, I'm going to call it. Um, yeah. You'd excuse a draw, potentially, if we'd have won the last two games. But I don't want to say it's must-win, because I don't feel it's necessarily must-win, should we say, for Clements. But I think if we don't win the game, it just it just means we slide further and further away from the playoffs. And, and although we're 14th, as, as Elliot said earlier, you know, we are within touching distance of the playoffs, which is I find miraculous, which, which shows how poor this league is. And it really does show how it underlines how... Badly, we're underachieving. I think it's funny, Jack. It, but I, I put it down as almost like you know that game you play at school where it's like next goal wins. Because if we score it, we, we do tend to see out results. But if we concede it, then the game's over. 
So it's basically yeah, yeah. whoever scores the first goal wins the game. I've, I've, like I said, mate, earlier, I've never known a team. I've never known a team of ours be be like that in in nearly thirty years of supporting us. I, I just don't understand it. I, I I can't put my finger on why. It's not ability. It, there's a few attributes we're lacking in the team from a, from a pace and like I say, goal scoring standpoint. But I think it's it's ultimately leadership and heart. Just you look at the you look at the body language, and I just. As I said, mate, I, I, I hate questioning players' commitment because I feel like it's a real slap in the face. But they're giving us a reason to, you know. N- 19 goals at Christmas. The goal difference is, is shocking. 14th. It, it's really embarrassing, to be honest. I, I feel, as I said earlier, I feel desperately for Brad and Shannon because the work they're doing off the pitch is incredible compared to what we've had in the past. And ultimately, they're not being repaid on the pitch, and to be honest, by any manager, I know we go on about Harris, but the players didn't redo really it for him either, did they? And that's ultimately why he got the sack. So I, I just I feel sorry for the, the hard work they're doing. I mean, I saw some families today that I know for a fact support West Ham. You know, people I know, I've seen families go, go to games that would never have done in the past, and it's filled me with joy. You're actually coming to Gillingham for once, and then we're serving up that dross. It's just. Again, even if we'd lost today and we're on the front foot going for it from the off, I can excuse that. But it's just it's just another limp performance. And that's ultimately what I hope changes for the 29th. That we, Like I said earlier, we get on the front foot, attack from the off, and, and they bring the crowd into it and appear to play with a commitment of, of teams of the past, even poor teams of the past. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a leadership issue as well, isn't it? Because I know Harris has mentioned this. I know Clements has mentioned this. I think Reese has talked about it on Friday as well. We don't really have any, do we? Because you know, look for the team. Sean Williams is the most experienced, but he doesn't play. Johnny Williams has experience, but he's not really a talker. And I'd probably just say for Max Aymer, really, he's in our top 10 appearance holders now, I believe. But again, he's not someone who speaks out too much. He was captain under Pedic, and that didn't go particularly well. We, he gave it up after the season, didn't he? So... I think, I think we lack the idea that you want leaders in each position, really, don't you? I know it's maybe hard to come by, but you want an experienced leader, centre-half, experienced midfielder, an experienced front-man. You can't always get that, obviously, but that's the ideal scenario. But I don't think we really have any leaders in any sort of position. You do, if you look at it in terms of people who have made the most appearances in the EFL or whatever else, but that doesn't make them a, a strong talker or a strong leader or anything like that. And I think that is something we're, we're, we're desperately lacking. Um and something that, you know, you, you try and pick up over a summer, really. But it might even be just be looking for someone experienced in the in the January just to help the team along a bit. But before I let you go, Jack, um, let's get um, what you would call your ideal 11 for uh, for the game against... Um, was it something we're playing? Yeah, um, I, I would say I'll do mine, but I can't really think of an 11, to be honest with you. Um, all I know is I'd play Bond and Hawkins up front together and I'd probably... Uh, drop Scott Malone for Max Clark. I'd bring him back in. Yeah, I think he's been given quite a lot of unfair criticism considering the the amount of games he's actually played this season. I think it's a very small pool to actually judge him on. And I think as as much as we're, we're Scott Malone fans, as you know, and a lot of people are, I think he's he's been well below his his high standards in the past two months or so. You know, a silly challenge from him that gave away the free kick earlier today, and I think it probably probably actually benefit him a little bit from having some time. Uh, off the pitch and for Max Clark to come in who I feel quite bad for I think he's probably the player who's had the worst of it since he's joined because I'm sure he joined under Harris thinking he'd be the first choice and obviously the Scott Malone situation just came up by chance didn't it and 
you know, unfortunately, he's fallen by the wayside due to a result of that, which, you know, it's football that happens. I wouldn't blame him if he looked for a move away in January, but I would like to see him, him back in the team for the game against Sutton, give him a start. I think there's, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I think it would benefit Scott as well. And, you know, he could give someone a chance to prove himself. You know, Clemens gave a lot of players chances today who hadn't played in recent weeks. And I think he can continue doing that by giving Max the game. And if anything, if he puts on a good performance, it will probably bring Scott back to his best when he does come back knowing this competition. But if you can think of um, some sort of makeshift 11, Jack, let's hear it. And along with a, a score prediction as well. Blimey. Um, I'd, I personally would drop Turner, mate, for a game. Um, that I would start Morris, personally. Um, might be a controversial one. I probably would play 3-5-2 again. I like the idea of it. We didn't actually execute it brilliantly, but I, I would start Max Clark. I don't necessarily think he's a better player than Scott Malone, but how many times do you have to play poorly to, to give the poor bloke a chance, you know? So I'd probably go Max Clark, Connor Masterson, Aimer, Ogie. <clears throat> I've said before, I said before on Jill's in the pub, mate, that I, I would personally bring in another right back. I don't particularly rate Alexander and, and McKenzie brilliantly. Um, I don't think Alexander had a particularly great game. So I probably would start McKenzie, although I likened him earlier to someone to, to the League 2, Gary Neville. You know, he's not exactly got loads of pace. Um, che gets up the pitch well, but I feel like he makes quite a few errors. So personally, that's a position I would strengthen, but I'd start McKenzie, mate. Um, I would then probably start... Um, I probably would start Bon and Hawkins as you as you put forward, mate. And then the free in midfield. Um, <clears throat> I think from what I've been told, Jeffries is injured, so obviously wouldn't play him. Coleman absolutely has to start. Um, I probably would play Dieng again, and then I would likely play. I don't know if Mahoney could play in a free role like a Johnny Williams, and I feel it's really harsh on Williams to drop him because I feel like his work rate is probably one of the best on the entire team. But the guy is just not producing any goals or assists. And he's a, it's a bit of a luxury player in that regard. If you're not delivering the numbers and Mahoney is our top goal scorer at the moment, if I remember rightly, and has contributed four assists. So I think you've got to put him back in personally. So I think that'd be my 11 in terms of score prediction. I mean, it, one nil, I think. Ultimately, I, I, it should be more, and I wouldn't put it past us conceding. But I'm going to say we nick a goal, we score a goal, possibly late in the first half or early in the second. Hold it, hold on to it. That's my prediction. Well, I think that's it, isn't it? If we if we do get a goal early on, then it will force Sutton to come out, which then obviously prevents that presents more opportunities. You'd, you'd think, in theory, for us to sort of pick them off on the counter-attack. And, and Jack, this is just one final thing. I just thought about it when you were thinking of a, a midfielder to add. And, you know, I mentioned him a minute ago, and I, if honestly, I forgot he was in the squad. But Reese mentioned in terms of, you know, leadership on Friday and that, have we actually got any better since um, Sean Williams came out of the team? It looks as though he's probably destined to go in January or even retire. But if he is an option, I, I, I can't say I'd be... I'd be a bit of an eyebrow raiser because he hasn't played in recent weeks. But if I saw his name on the team sheet, I probably wouldn't be wouldn't be disappointed because you know he's not. Is he a leader? I suppose in, in the changing room, probably more so than on the pitch from what I've seen. 
But given where we are right now, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world if Sean Williams was in the team. I think it would be his first appearance since the Charlton game. And even that was only because Jordan Williams got injured, so he had to come on. But would you be adverse to seeing Sean Williams back in the side? Don't know, mate. I don't know. He's he's getting on. I feel like his legs are slightly going. He's possibly out the door. I don't know. Um, What's his mental state like, having not been in the team? for the last few games and he's been at fault for quite a few goals before he was sort of dropped out of the team. I think especially under the Milan era, I think Dieng's a better player personally. So I'd be disappointed Dieng's been dropped for him, but equally we could do a lot worse than him, mate, I suppose with my summarisation. Yeah, of course, was that um, that nightmare at, um, I think it was Warsaw, wasn't it, where he gave away both goals in the first half and, uh, yeah, he does seem to be out the door, but um, yeah, just a fault, I suppose. Um, let's go through some of the comments before we uh, before we disappear for the evening. Um, can't remember when I started now. This is a long time ago. Uh, Luke Draper says, we were playing good football after the break and we were pressing for it. We literally just can't sort of score goals. That's basically a summary. Um Stuart says the only positive sign was that they didn't give up after going one nil down. I looked much more attacking than we did against Bradford. We created lots of chances, but no one wanted to score. Luke Draper says uh, this is true. We definitely looked like we wanted it. Um, oh, just gone off the page. Two seconds. Uh, Alex Bruce says we had a number of chances, at least six. Levi Brown says I'm starting to think these players on paper, people keep saying are not worth the paper it's written on. Still not convinced on Clements. Seems very quiet on the touchline. No connection with the terraces. Where do we go from here? Uh, Jonathan says, second half of last season, we strengthened with a few quality signings and were almost untouchable. This summer, we added even more quality to that squad, yet we've got noticeably worse with better signings. Three managers have now failed to motivate this group. It's bemusing. Hedden says, Hawkins and Mahoney should have come on earlier. Uh, Mike says, from the outside, looking in the way I see it, Brad and Shannon bought Hesse and Kenny. In and kept Scuddy on and trusted them all with guiding them in the early stages of running the football club. They have been let down massively by all and they should be held accountable. Completely agree. Uh, Stuart again says, also thought three at the back could work and thought Ogie was actually our best defender today and should get back into the squad. James says, 100% of the players have to take responsibility for the performances over the last couple of months, but there feels a real disconnect between Stephen Clements and there feels a real... Uh, disconnect between Stuart Clemens and the fans since he arrived does he get a transfer window or two to implement his ideas he's, he's certainly going to get January um, CCK says Clemens needs to do more on the sidelines he doesn't do anything other than stand there and the old whisper and hand signals uh, got Jack's comments um, Jack you've gone over what you, I think you've read that basically what you said already uh, Julian says to be fair the subs were practising their finishing skills at half time outfield players pinging in crosses for Glenn Morris to put into the Rainer Men goal, we could not make it up. Stephen Hook says it's obvious all the time Paul Scaddy is still involved with our club. Negativity reigns. Uh, Stuart Lewis says, first to January, Akinyemi, York and Aziz, Reading in Sean Williams and Walker out. We do not need Scaddy, uh, Scaddy Kenny and Hess to work out. Well, I think Stuart Lewis is actually deeper Akinyemi's agent uh, from the amount of times he mentions him. Yeah, you know, one of those things where people talk in their sleep and people say some random things and Stuart Lewis just shouts deeper racking, yeah, mate. 
Um, Robert Hawley says, Tom Nichols two seasons ago is the only striker plus Lapsy on our books to have scored 10 league goals in the past four seasons. There's no goal scorer in this squad. Recruitment has targeted attackers whose main strength isn't finishing. That's on Kenny and Kenny, uh, Kenny and Hesse. They should go. Rory says, lose the ball far too often in transitioning from middle third into the opposition third. Recruitment was good in the areas they seemingly addressed, lowering squad age, increasing squad depth. But the major requirements were crease, uh, creativity, pace, goal scoring, and that was poor. Tony Gold says everyone has to take a deep look at themselves. This this time last year we were bottom of League Two. Then we, then, then we've end seasons. I can't quite read that. Sorry. The start of this year, VG. I don't know what VG is, Tony. I'm afraid. Uh, then some injuries. Very good. Oh yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> Let's start that again. Everyone has to take the deep. I've never seen someone use V good as like without just saying very good. Uh, everyone has to take a deep look at themselves. This time last year we were bottom of the league. Then were very good end of, end of season. The start of this year very good. Then some injuries. The manager goes a lot happened him out, but now it's gone pear shaped. Remember, grass is not always greener. Be careful what you wish or got in the end. Apologies there, Tony. Jules Gregg says, I think people are entitled to criticise Stephen Clements or whoever they want, but going after Stephen Clements because he's not shouting and screaming on the touchline is ridiculous. If you're not a shouter, you're not a shouter. A leader loses all credibility being fake. James says, personally, I think we need we only need a decent central holding midfielder that can dictate the game like Dave McGoldrick for Notts County. I'd say we already have a very good one in Ethan Coleman and I don't think Dave McGoldrick's a defensive midfielder. Uh, Adrian Gardner says, unfortunately, I think today was the best that this team can play in the league and that's the worry. It's as good as it's going to get. We've certainly played better in the league this season. You know, the Salford game is second half if you're looking for just the league. So I don't think that's that's the case. So I understand the frustration. Uh, Carl says, feel sorry for Max Clark sitting on the bench week in, week out, watching Malone put in four out of ten performances on a weekly basis for the last two months. Yep, as I said, time for Max Clark to come in for me personally and, and Jack's as well. Derek Reacher says, this is a good point actually, Jack. We'll, we'll, we'll read this one out. Because it's a question I didn't think of until now. He says, where did the Alfie May money go if we were willing to spend it? Where is it now? Because if you think the fee for Alfie May was reported to be 275 k I think it was, to, to Charlton, we obviously didn't spend that. We got some players in afterwards, but there must still be some of that around. You'd assume that we'd just be using what what we didn't spend for the summer in January, along with maybe a little bit more added on, wouldn't you? Well, hopefully it's there to be spent on an equivalent in, in January, potentially, mate. But then I suppose you've got to factor in the wages we're probably paying people. But it's a good question, mate. I, I can't answer that clearly. But um, yeah, hopefully there's a little bit in the pot to potentially spend in January. I, I, like we've all said, I think the main the main positions that need strengthening, in my opinion, are, although we're, you know, we're inundated with strikers, really got five of them. I'd let a few of them go, potentially. I'd, I'd bring in a proven goal scorer if we can. They don't grow on trees, but if there is one available, and especially hard in January, but let's let's go for it if there's one to be had. And someone like an Idris Kanu, um, wing back slash winger. That, that's one of the things I do, I do feel sorry for the team and the managers. And this is where I suppose the recruitment does need to come into question slightly is, is how little pace we have in this team. Even at fullback, you know, Alexander, if we're going by football manager stats, is probably, what, a 13 out of 20? And Malone's probably a 10. Uh, we don't really have any pace at, at winger if we ever play them, which we rarely do. Someone like Mahoney's a very good technical player, but he doesn't have lots of pace. 
we need pace. And ultimately, I talk about a lack of intensity and I partly think it's because they don't care enough. But equally, when you don't have an outlet, someone with some pace, it can be very difficult to to get yourselves up the pitch, hold the ball up the pitch and bring people into play and really drive at teams. So I think that's one of the key areas we really do need to focus on. And I think when Nadison played very well at the start of the season, he obviously didn't have a great game today. But when he played well at the start of the season and we won games, it was because the guy used his pace and 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 his work rate sort of sort of hurried defenders into mistakes. It created chances for himself and others. So I think the main thing that this team needs is is, is pace and some leadership uh, and a goal scorer. Whether that's all possible with the money we would have spent on Alfie May is to be um, is to be seen. Maybe we need to let some players go, like a Lapsley, for instance for a fee, potentially. I, I don't know, mate. But uh, it's, it's an interesting question, one I can't answer, because um, I've said I work for the club. But hopefully we've got some money to spend. That's the that's the key thing, really. Yeah, it all remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, thank you to Elliot and Jack for joining me tonight. Um, not the podcast we wanted to bring you. Hopefully we're hoping for a bit of a response from, uh, from the result on... Um, on Friday night, but unfortunately, it wasn't to be. But we'll, we'll we'll try again on Friday, I suppose. What choice do we have? Um, yeah, Jules falls to defeat to Crawley Town. We look ahead now to the game coming up on Friday against Basement Side uh, Sutton, uh, one that I think is a must win to get to within touching distance of the playoffs again. But one thing's for sure, it can't continue the way it is. Hopefully, the podcast I do on Friday night will be a bit more happy and, and joyous and reflecting on a win. Um, just to remind everyone, if you weren't um, entirely sure, given um, the festive period and all what's going on and the kickoff times, I believe Friday is a 7.45 kickoff, so a night game. So don't turn up at one o'clock or three because you might have a long wait. But um, yeah, anyway, we'll let you go through the evening. Hopefully a much happier podcast on Friday, but that remains to be seen. But until then, up the jills. Hope everyone has a, rest of a, a great rest of the festive period and good night.